Hey, welcome to another episode of the Coffee Break Podcast, where our mission is to share business ideas, practices, and strategies while we enjoy our cup of coffee. Today's guest is our very own Thomas Heavey, and he's coming in to talk about 5S and Lean and why it's relevant and important for your business. We have implemented this in a couple of different ways through our organization, and today we're going to talk a little bit about what it is and then how we've actually implemented it in a practical way. So we're going to give you the structure and the foundation around why we've done what we've done and how you can replicate it in your own organization. That's the whole point of the conversation today. So get ready to listen to this and grab a notebook and a notepad. Be able to take some notes because we're going to give you some practical ways that you can get this going in your organization today. Grab a cup of coffee, get ready for this conversation. We got so much to say, we got a podcast to make, we're sipping on lattes, and it's time for a coffee break. It's time for a coffee break. Well, it's, uh, it's good to have you back on the podcast. Absolutely. I'm excited to be here. Thomas, you ready for Rapid Fire? Five randomly selected questions just to get under your skin. Absolutely. All right. Which fictional character would you want by your side during a zombie apocalypse? Ooh. Um, zombie apocalypse. My wife watched The Walking Dead. So let's go with Batman. Batman. Batman would, yeah, he could keep you alive. And if, yes. This I'm very excited to hear. Okay. What age do you wish you could permanently be? <laughs> permanently be. <laughs> 29. No, no. I I call I call that's not accurate. No, that's 29. 29. 29. And and tell us the reason why. Uh, 29 was a good year. I was in good health. That's <laughs> good good year. Um I I was old enough to quit making the dumb mistakes I made when I was younger than 29. Uh And, but yeah, I think 29. (laughs) All right. Number three. Number three. What is your guilty pleasure when you have free time during the week? Golf. Really? Absolutely. Yeah? Yeah. That is definitely my guilty pleasure. When's the last time you went and played golf? Uh, Friday of last week. Oh, how did you do? Uh, I birdied the 18th hole, which is what golf is. It. You have one good shot and <laughs> brings you right back to want to play again. Shot, and uh, I think I shot a 94. 94. Very yeah. good. Very cool. Uh, all right, question number four. What's the next item on your bucket list? Uh, to go to New Orleans. Mm, what's yeah. it? You've already booked the trip. That's, it's on the oh, list. Okay. It's, it's, it, it was easy. Have you seen that video? Where with Homer Simpson eating all the food? Yeah, yeah. That, your wife sent that you, to me. Are you going to recreate that? So I do. That's going to be our restaurant menu list. There's he eats at like seventy restaurants. So we won't eat that much. We're not going to be there that long. But for dinner each night, we're going to go somewhere off of that. Okay. I've already kind of started plotting out some around the hotel. There you go. Okay. Last question, number five. Okay. What is one thing that you are unbeatable at? What is one thing that unbeatable at? I, that's a that's a tough question. Um, debate is usually unbeatable usually, at debate. Yeah, I usually don't lose. It's usually going to be a tie or 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 death. So the conversation that you guys were having around the break room table earlier today was that a debate? 
That was not a debate. Okay. <laughs> that was not a debate. <laughs> We're not going to bring it back up. I just wanted was, to ask. It was definitely okay, not a debate. All right, cool. Well, you passed rapid fire. Congratulations. Thank you. We'll give you a score of 713. That's a, that's a pretty good score considering I watch every one of the podcasts just to make sure I do well on the rapid fire questions. There you go. Well, congratulations. Well, let's jump into the conversation. Topic of discussion today is going to be around the 5S process or lean is is 5S, I guess, is a component of lean, which I'm sure you're going to dissect all of that we'll momentarily because you're, you're, uh, you're a lean expert. Aren't you? Quali- aren't you I'm, I'm a green belt. You're a certified. I'm not an expert, okay. but I'm a green belt. Certified. Green belt. We'll just call you certified. Okay. It sounds better if you just say if certified. If you like certified, I'm good with it. <laughs> but anyways, we're going to be talking about that, how we use it in our organization, how we have recently done kind of a, an internal exercise, a little competition around it. Uh, that's going to be the focus of our conversation today because I feel like what we've done within the last month is something that any business could use and implement and get some great value of in their organization. So I want to talk a little bit about the structure and how it came about and how it worked and how we get success out of it so that other people can replicate it. What are okay. your thoughts? I, I think that's a really good idea. Yeah, the, the lean process as a whole can be used in any business anywhere and always comes out with improvements. A couple of years ago, I feel like, I know it was before 2020 got started. Was it? Was it at the beginning of 2020 or was it at the end of 2019? When we... When you went to go do this was, certification? It was in 2019. 2019. Yep. So in, in the 20, summer of 2019. There you go. You had an opportunity to go uh, become Greenbelt certified. Absolutely. Or, went to Tulsa, Oklahoma for two weeks on okay. separate trips um, for, a, for a full two-week training. And what informa- What did that set you up for? Uh, it's, it's, it's Lean Six Sigma training, and mm-hmm. there's, there's different belts as, as similar to the karate. There's a green belt, there's a black belt, and then there's a master black belt. Um, it's a it's a statistic. Excuse me. It's a statistics based program. Okay. So anything that you have good data on, mm-hmm. you can analyze and make better. So if you run a business and you look at your sales, you can see that you did more sales this month than that month. You can try to figure out why. So it's a strategic process to look at any type of information, and find out what the core functions are, what made it good or what made it bad. That is correct. Um, if you're building widgets, you mm-hmm. can figure out why you can only build so many widgets at a time. Okay. The biggest part of the process is how do you collect data on things that data isn't there. Mm-hmm. Or data is always there. Mm-hmm. It's how do you go collect the data on things that are hard to collect data. Well, I don't know exactly why we have this happen every week, but it seems to happen every other week. Mm-hmm. Well, now we've got to figure out data as to why, and that's a big part of the process. How have you been able to take something like that? Because that seems like a pretty powerful training component or the, the pract- uh, a very powerful, I don't know, a, an analyst. Is that the great Analytics. Term? Analytics uh, process to be able to improve your business. Yeah, so you... It has, inside of the process, if you take lean as a whole, Mm -hmm. what is lean six sigma? Well, the six sigma is is the statistics part. Everything falls inside of a bell curve. Okay. So whatever it is that you're doing, if it's running podcast, and every time you run a podcast, if you analyze the data, 99.7% of that data is going to fall inside of a bell curve. Mm -hmm. There's a little tiny bit that will be on the outsides, and you don't even worry about that because it's... It's the one in a million outliers. But you take that data, and if you can get that and you wanted to have a podcast last a certain amount of time, 
you could take that data and see why it ran over, why it ran short, and you can tighten that up and tighten that up. And as you tighten it up, you make your processes better. If you're, if you're building, if you're building telephones, if you're making coffee cups, whatever it is, you're taking what's happening, Mm -hmm. analyzing what you did, and then trying to tighten that process to make less mistakes and waste less time, which is when we got into the 5S. 5S, one of the big things about that is eliminating waste. Mm. So when we did the 5S process here at LockDoc, Mm -hmm. the big thing that we tried to do was take areas that had a lot of waste. Now, not necessarily waste of a product, but a lot of waste of time. Mm -hmm. So if I had to walk across the room to pick up this every time and then go all the way back across the room to do whatever it is, that was a waste of my time. If that was always the process, I should move those two things together. Sure. That's part of your 5S process. Can you copy this key? That's a question we get asked about 3,422 times a year. And how can you actually be sure that the person who asked that question is supposed to get a copy of that key? Well, we think you should always know who can copy your keys to your business and your home because it could be your neighbor, an old employee, a contractor, or even worse, your mother-in-law. At LockDock Security, we believe in protected key systems, so you always know who has a copy of your key. To find out more, visit LockDock.net or stop by our Charlotte location. LockDock Security, helping you protect your people and your property. I remember being introduced to 5S many years ago, probably probably close to 12 years ago, and the I know the awareness of it at the original onset was like, okay, we have to do this to every avenue, every aspect of our business because it was just so clear and understanding. You are repeating a lot of the same processes every single day, and you're definitely going to find some inefficiencies. Like you just said, you know, every time I put in a work order, I have to go to this screen and this screen and this screen. Well, if I can get all of that information on one screen, I have just become a lot more efficient. Absolutely. If I am working on a job site and I have to go um, pull my tools out and every time I have to pull them out of six different places, well, if I can centralize that and get all of those same tools in the same place, I've now become more efficient. And it's just practical things like that over and over over again even down to dispatching. If I'm sending technicians out to six different job sites and I send them north on the first job and south on the other job and then back north, then obviously there's inefficiencies. So you start to look at that. Yeah, It, it does not matter what it is um, that you're doing. Mm-hmm. Any process you can run through the 5S process. I think one of the things I've, I've brought a sheet because I always forget exactly what order they go in, even though they don't. But the 5Ss are to sort. So when you say sort, you're identifying what you need and what you don't need. Mm. So you said, I've got a computer screen and I have to go to six different pages. Do I have to? Is there a better way that makes that only make where I have to go to three pages Mm -hmm. and have three clicks and get the same results? I've eliminated that kind of waste. If it's a cut a key process and I have to walk across the room to get the key and walk back to the key machine, wouldn't it make more sense to put the key machine and the keys together? So the lean process of that would be to analyze what's happening over an extended period of time Mm -hmm. and take the data and say, 
More times than not, he had to walk across the room. Mm -hmm. It wasted X amount of his time. And you add that data up and then decide whether moving the machine, if there's a cost, is worth the waste in the time. Yeah. So that's how you eliminate the waste. It's interesting. A couple of uh, weeks ago, we one of the podcast episodes that we did was on how we do our podcast. So it was m- very much a, a lot of information about how we put this thing together every week. And, you know, it, it, it's once you start down this path and once you become aware of the 5S, the lean program and, and those types of tools, you start to process a lot of things through that lens, right? And so, uh, you know, Aaron was sitting in here and he was describing how we've made some changes through the production side. And in in simple form, you know, as you're watching this right now, there's cameras that are changing, there's graphics that'll come up, there's, uh, there's commercials that go in, and all of those have been in essence, 5S. They've been sorted through and said, well, what does it take to actually do this process and how do we, how do we streamline it so that it is faster, more efficient, and we're not having to rebuild this whole structure every single time that we bring it up? So, yeah, that's uh, how long did it take to edit your first podcast to get it ready to roll versus how long does it take now? Uh, significantly less. And that's because you use these processes. So the the processes will eliminate those wasted times. Mm -hmm. And if you start looking at it over your entire company, Mm -hmm. if you can just eliminate small portions of wasted time or wasted effort in five, six, seven different places, Mm -hmm. that really starts to add up. And your efficiency as a company starts to get pointed in the right direction. So one of the things, and this happened uh, a couple of years ago, I feel like, and time is... The, the last 12 months has just been kind of a blur in a lot of essence. So over the last little bit, I don't remember when, we installed some electronic lockers in our facility uh, that organize and keep track of certain types of tools that our team uses, our installation team uses in the field. Now, the purpose of that was not to control or restrict access. It was actually to give that information out more readily available. And why was that? So the process before that was a whiteboard. Mm-hmm. So the, the process was you went to get a pinning kit to, to go pin certain cylinders, and you wrote your name on the whiteboard with that kit. Mm-hmm. That, was, that was it. And if you forgot that and that kit was gone, mm-hmm. then the process was to call everybody in the company or send out a, an all-team alert, mm-hmm. an email, and hope that whoever had the kit remembered they had the kit and replied to the email. Mm-hmm. Um, so the process was just completely broken. You want to talk about wasted time. It was a lot of wasted hours. So when we were able to add the lockers... During that entire time, you're just literally sitting there you're, waiting. You're stuck. Mm-hmm. Your customer is now waiting. Mm-hmm. There, I mean, it, depending on the process, it, it could be a, not a disaster, but it could be a lot of wasted time. You've yep. got a van sitting here that's doing nothing. You've got a tech sitting here doing nothing. Usually, one of the support staff jumps in to help so now you've got a support staff mm-hmm. guy and a tech doing nothing. Um, so, yeah, it, was, it could compound very fast. So the locker tells us exactly who checked it out, when they checked it out. And, and when it gets checked back in, another thing that we were able to do with the process was mm-hmm. sustain it, mm-hmm. which is the last S, because at that point it sends an email to our team that says, hey, this was used, please check and refill it because that was always an issue if we ran out of pins. Mm -hmm. So it was another part of the process that got added 
by the lockers being added. So you have your five S's here. Mm-hmm. Let's just go through them real quick. So if anybody's taking notes, they have all five of them. Obviously, okay. you can Google it as well. But so, so the first S is sort. And like I said, that is identifying what you need mm-hmm. and what you don't need. You don't necessarily have to throw away what you don't need. But if you only use it once a year, should it sit right in the front of your work area? No. Those are the kind of things. Maybe it maybe it needs to be in a closet that you do go get that once a year sure. so you have more room for the other stuff. So that's your sort. So then you're going to set it in order. That's where you've, you've now sorted. These things need to go over here and be out of the way. Mm-hmm. These are the things I need every day. Mm-hmm. Where do I need these things to be mm-hmm. to, to make them the most efficient? And a lot of times that'll take some playing with. You may have to move it around a couple of times. Think through the process of this is how I build my widget. Mm-hmm. And each time I build my widget, I go here, 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 and here. Yep. It's never going to be perfect because that's that's part of it. But having some type of an order and and having the, the items that you touch more frequently in a more in convenient a, place. In, in a much more convenient place and the items you touch less frequently make them harder to get to. That's where you waste your time because you don't waste as much time that way. Okay. Um, the next one will be shine. Because anytime you're going to to revise a process, you should clean the area. Mm-hmm. It's going to help you be, one, more efficient, and two, it's going to motivate you and your team to take care of the area that you've now revised. So don't just move things around in the dust. If you move things around, let's go ahead and knock the dust out, get it all shined up, get it nice and right. That way we'll be more apt to sustain the process going on. Mm-hmm. And then the next one will be standardized. So this is labeling. Mm-hmm. This is making it where we know that that's what's going to happen. So if if this work truck parks here every day, mm. let's label that, that work truck parks here. If the forklift, we labeled our forklift when we did the 5S process here. Put a little put a little mark on the floor, that's where the forklift goes. One of the big things about standardizing is it would be uncomfortable to set something else mm-hmm. on a label or it's uncomfortable to put something in an area that is marked off on the floor that says forklift. Yeah. And then the final one is sustain. And the way you sustain it is by writing an SOP, a a, a standard operating procedure, or just a checklist of each month, each week, each day, I'm going to check these things to make sure that it's happening. And I'm going to review this process after ABC amount of time, whatever you choose, to come back and look at it again. So we, we, we redid the podcast. Six months later, you come back and say, okay, what worked, what didn't, can we can we fix and make it better? So one of the things, and, and I use this as the most rudimentary example, but I think it's it it shows the biggest impact. So previously in our warehouse, you know, there's especially at our receiving area, uh, there's a, a a tape gun, mm-hmm. there's a a box opener, a box knife, I guess, a measuring tape, some sharpies, and a broom, and a labeler, and a labeler, right? Yeah. And those six things would randomly be scattered amongst the warehouse at various times. So when you needed a broom, what did you do? You roamed around for a few minutes trying to find it. When you needed a Sharpie, where did you know, you roamed around a little bit. And so it would be very one frustrating, but it also would suck up a lot of time when you just needed to get something done. And that was one of the first things years ago that Sam and William did is they put a little pegboard up. And, I, and the reason I use this is because it's a very simplistic area, but it has made a huge impact. Put a little pegboard up. They labeled, this is where the shop broom goes. This is where the measuring tape goes. This is where the knife goes. This is where the shop goes. And if you walk over there right now, all of those things are either there or you can look around the room and see who's using them. Yep. 
because it's part of their process now, and mm-hmm. they feel very uncomfortable if it's not that way. Yep. And if you walk over there, you immediately see the dolly there, the the hand trucks or whatever yep. is also one of the things that's labeled there. And if you walk over there, you know exactly where it's supposed to be. And if it's not there, you can find it very easily. Um, so it's it's an or, it's an understanding of where it's supposed to be, so somebody can put it back. And two, the next person knows if it's there or not. But what I've seen is it has created a high level of efficiency where it is actually supposed to be, and you can go grab it and be done with it. And so that's part of the whole uh, the whole setting it in order, standardizing it, making sure that it's labeled, because that's one of the things I think a lot of people overlook, and then just making sure that it's maintained and somebody owns that area. And I, the reason I bring that up is I think a lot of times when you when people start to think about 5Sing or putting in big process improvements in place, it's like, oh, we've, this is an overwhelming thing. Think- we've we got to start big. We've got to destroy everything we have. And it's just it's something as simple as where does the broom sit? And so, if that can create efficiencies, then you're winning. So one of the things I learned in the class that I was able to go to is the first time you do a 5S process, don't tackle your biggest problem. Tackle a problem. Mm-hmm. And that will help you build the confidence in the process. Yep. So just pick any problem that you have, like Sam did in his area. Mm-hmm. I can't ever find a Sharpie. I can't ever find the box knife. And we use these things regularly every day. Mm-hmm. So he cleaned an area, labeled an area, and has been able to sustain that area. And now everybody in this company knows that that area, those things are there and they're always there. So he just found a area. Mm-hmm. Since then, think about all the places that Sam's been able to make improvements and all the improvements that have been done in in our shipping, our receiving, or even through the electronic side of Mm -hmm. of keeping inventory. All of those grew off of he just chose a process, Mm -hmm. improved it, and it's been successful. We understand the frustrations HOA board members and property managers face when deciding the best solution for their HOA and pool security. Should we use a keypad? hand out keys, or install a key card system? Do we even need cameras? These are some of the questions that are difficult to navigate, and we're here to help. At LockDock Security, we've spent over 20 years working with homeowners associations and property managers to find the system that best fits the pool and HOA needs. Camera systems for the front gate or front entrance, key card systems for the pool gates, or simply updating the gate so that it meets safety and code compliance. We like to take the guesswork out of the process to answer any questions and help find the right solution. Our mission is to help you protect your people and your property, and that includes pools. Contact our team today to schedule your free consultation for your community. Okay, so here's the question, because this this podcast episode is not about how to keep your broom in a certain place. Sure. But here's the question that I've got for you is, and this is something I struggled with for many number of years. I was, I, as I said, I was exposed to this, you know, maybe ten or twelve years ago, and now fast forward, and there's there's a lot of momentum around it inside of our organization. Whenever I came back, I did my typical, "Hey, five S is the most amazing thing. Everybody should do it," and then expected that everybody was going to be as excited about it as I was, and that was not the case. So moving forward, how would you see from the, from even the experience that you had? I mean, we invested in you to go learn this process. How did you bring that information back and get the team on board to actually be excited about seeing value in this? So I, I think the exact same process, um, we, we've tried it several ways. When I first came back from the training, what, a year and a half ago, mm-hmm. um, I really tried to push some 5S stuff and, like you said, 
I was very excited about it, and I was the only one that was very excited about it, and I was jumping up and down, and nobody else was. Yeah. Um, so one of the challenges that we did that has been amazing was we challenged everybody to find a small area that they could fix in one week and 5S one little small area, whether that was your tool bag if you were a technician. Mm-hmm. Um, anybody that works on a computer every day, can you 5S your email? Can you make your email more efficient to be able to find the things that you do? How about your home screen on your computer? That's a huge place that you can go through and say, okay, I don't need these things here. Mm-hmm. I do need these things there. Um, and then, once again, labeling is much easier on the computer than it is anywhere else. Creating so folders to put creating things Creating folders in. to put things in. Simplifying a process, making it easier. So we challenged everybody in the company to do it. And one of the big things that we did was we, we challenged everybody to send pictures in. Mm-hmm. So send pictures of what you did, what it looked like before, and what it looks like now. And that started to get the momentum ball rolling. And we, we used, uh, we, we're uh, on, a G, on G Suite here on the, the Google platform. So we used uh, the Google chat function. Yep. There was a whole thread dedicated to it. Uh, other companies, maybe you're using Slack or Teams or something like that. Then, you know, wherever you're sending that internal communication, that's where that needs to go. And it was literally coming in in the it, evenings and people it would start it. It started a snowball effect. Mm-hmm. And, and after a couple of days, that snowball started rolling and people really, really got involved. So to, so to break that down, you brought this concept, you taught these five steps, and then you gave everybody in the company a challenge to pick your own thing. So pick, this is not, pick, I'm going to tell you what to do, pick what you want to do. Pick one small area, mm-hmm. very, very small area that you can fix in one week. Go ahead and, and get it done. Um, and that, that was the, the challenge. And make it visible to the rest of the organization as to what you're doing. Mm-hmm. And we challenged absolutely everybody in the company. Um, and I would say we got over 95% results back of people being involved in that individual 5S process. Got it. Then, then. that was the snowball was now moving. People mm-hmm. were interested in the process. So a few weeks later, we broke the entire company up into four teams. Yep. And we let the teams choose... And well, we let the entire company choose four areas that needed to be 5S. Mm-hmm. And then we broke the company up into four random teams and we had a 5S contest. Yep. So let's, let's break that down because this is p- part of the, I think, construction sp- sp- component or, or giving the, the tools to get this up and running. How, did, how was the identification of the different areas that needed to be organized? How did we go about getting that information? So when we, when we decided to get that information, obviously we saw the snowball rolling in 5S, yeah. and we decided we wanted to push it to, try to push it to another level. Um, so we, we have a, a weekly meeting, and during the weekly meeting, it's an all-hands meeting, we just threw the, the question out there. If we could 5S anything in the company, what would it be? Okay. So that that's getting that group involvement. And that was, it was a very broad question. What are the areas that need to be improved? Yes. Okay. And Wh- then, why is that important? Be- because it's not a top down. It's not a, I need you to go fix this area. Mm-hmm. It is a, if this area was improved, it would help me and it would help other people be more efficient. So you're getting from all different parts of the company input toward what's going to make their life better. Gotcha. Because what what you think may make someone else's life easier may not. What they think is going to make their life easier, they're going to be much more adapt to get in there and, and go do these processes. Okay. So getting group involvement, group input, this is what we need to get get uh, working on. And then how did you break up the teams? Was this uh, uh, you choose four captains and they, they so, pick their teams? Nope. 
No, absolutely. Um, <laughs> so I, I did a little bit of strate- little bit of, of thought in, in mm-hmm. the team breakups just to make sure there wasn't too much management on one team. I didn't just run it through a random generator. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I basically sp- split the leadership team up a- amongst the four teams randomly, mm-hmm. and I split the technicians and the support staff up fairly random, mm-hmm. um, including one what we call a SHME um, or a subject matter expert. SHME in every area that had already been chosen. So one of the areas that was chosen was the place where we keep all of our training materials in my area. I'm the training director here, Mm -hmm. and that was my messy area that needed to be Mm -hmm. 5S. So that was one of the places. So I put myself on that team knowing my input would be very useful, but the challenge for me was I had already done it wrong, Mm -hmm. so the team was going to come in and choose what needed to be fixed and what didn't, how it needed to be labeled to make it last. Mm-hmm. So I had to just give information on what was used the most and what wasn't and not give my input on where it should be placed. So you basically got a lot of people to clean up your area is what you just said. There's, there's been rumors around, <laughs> around the company that that's exactly what I did. So, But those, all those areas were given as input from the group. Then you, you strategically put the teams together so that there was a mix of people. So it yes. wasn't heavy loaded with this certain departments. It was a very good mix where everybody could get value input. So somebody from the accounting department, somebody from sales, a technician, somebody from customer success could all be on the same team. And, and, and every coming team from a different usually place. had one of those people. That's, yeah. I broke it down via departments when I made the team. So I took the sales team and put them in separate, separate. places. I took the account management team and put them in separate places and so and on and so forth. What were the four areas that, uh, the, that the group decided that needed to be uh, worked on? So we have a door storage area okay. where we store our doors um, that, that come in and come out for different projects. And then we have an area in the back that is, it was a, it was kind of an odds and ends area. It had car washing and stuff and backup access control and electronics hardware. Mm -hmm. And then we had the lock shop Mm -hmm. and we had the training area. That was the four areas that we cleaned. Okay. So those were the the four areas that the group decided this is what we need to make improvements on because each of those areas had had organizations set at some point, sure. but it was obviously not sustained over the period of time. And so that was a big uh, component of this is even taking something that's already there and, and making it a little better. So through that process, you've got these four teams and now they, they go about a process. How long did they have to do this? They had one month. Okay. Um, so that was the challenge was everybody had one month to get it done. Um, and the, if, I want to say it was the 1st of March to the 29th. Was, was for the entire the timeline for uh, the entire month for the of entire March. month of March. I just knocked the for whole all the working over. days in March. That, all the working days available. in March, and and each of those teams organized and they they kind of self organized with having a leadership individual, so, somebody with communication. So the the only thing that I threw out there in, in the challenge, yep. the only actual directive I gave was they needed what we called a communications expert because they needed somebody that could organize how they were going to meet, when mm-hmm. they were going to meet, etc., and they needed a team leader to make it not be our leadership running the show, Sure, the team leader could not be chose from our leadership team. Gotcha. So they had to choose somebody. Each team voted on their team leader, and each team voted on their communications expert. Um, outside of that, the Shmees were pretty obvious in each of those areas. Sam manages our purchasing department. He works right beside those doors every day. He was obviously the Shmee for the area. William's been our in-shop locksmith for years, mm-hmm. and he was obviously the shmee for that area. 
Um, I was the Shmi in the training area. Those, those things came kind of naturally, but they had to be strategically placed. Outside of that, the whole goal was to just not have management or leadership as the team leader mm-hmm. and let it go and see what happens. Each team, because I was able to watch, each team went in very different directions on everything that they did, mm-hmm. but the outcome was very similar each time because they went off the same they all, fo- all followed this very similar process, yep. and each of them made progress in, in, in different ways. I know with the, the door storage area, they did a heck of a lot of labeling, structure, organizing, and that's where the forklift thing came in. That's because, uh, And again, going back to the simplicity of this, we were parking our forklift very close to the door storage area, which was parked there intentionally to get it out of the, the way. But it was also inefficient in the fact that any time they needed to go look at the door inventory, they had to get in the, the forklift, move it out of the way. Then when they were finished, they had to go move it back. So it was an extra step that was unnecessary. So for that, they just found a different place to park the forklift, designated as forklift parking. And ever since that happened, you walk through our warehouse at any point in time, and you can that forklift is always parked in the same spot. The forklift's always parked in the same spot, and we did not keep the door inventory areas clean and organized as we would have Mm -hmm. because in order to just straighten it back up, you had to move the forklift. Mm -hmm. Well, nobody was going to go through an extra step when you didn't have to. Sure. Now that it's free and you can just walk right up to it, it stays a lot more organized just naturally. And it's been very interesting too. I don't know if you know this or not, but since that period of time, we have been actually able to use uh, some of that inventory in there in ways that we would not have been before because we, the awareness We was knew there. we had it, but we didn't really knew we had it. Yeah. Which is, yeah, it's, it, I did know that we've we've been able to use doors that were there. Yeah, some overstock. That, some overstock. So uh, with that, how, if I'm, if I'm thinking about doing this in my organization, I'm listening to this, I'm watching this going, okay, got it. I'm going to get this thing rolling. How do I know this worked? Like, how do I know that I've just not gotten everybody in chaos and confusion and not really accomplished anything. How do I know that this is something that is is going to stick around? So one of the things is the sustain. So how do you make it last? You make it last with two major things, being able to label your area and then having a regular check on it. So you're going to see success. Mm -hmm. Like I said, the big thing, I think, with getting into the 5S process is getting people to buy in. It's a different process. Mm -hmm. A lot of people are going to look at it as just cleaning. And if you just cleaned, well, you could have just cleaned, and there wouldn't have been any reason to continue on. But if you're looking at improving the process and showing how much time you can truly save, that's when you start getting the buy-in. So if you do the individual or very small groups first, Mm -hmm. they will see the results faster. If they clean up their tool bag and then they realize, well, I I cleaned it up, but two days later it was back to the exact same way. Or if they clean up and label their tool bag and say at the end of each job, I need to put these things back in these places and they'll always be there, Mm -hmm. and they start seeing how much faster they can be on a job site, that's when the snowball starts to roll. So... With the sustaining side, that's the hardest part, I think, because once you've stand, you can go through all these steps, and then it's how do I make sure that this is going to last for a long period of time? What is the best case scenario for making sure that this isn't something that just happens? It's there, and then we forget about it and never revisit it. So the the two big things is one to be able to label the area to to where things you know what it's going to be, and two to have an SOP that has timelines on it. 
So if you have an SOP that tasks a certain person or a certain group to revise every three, six, nine months, whatever that timeline is that fits your business model, mm -hmm. that's how you're going to start to see it over an extended period of time. Um, I know that a lot of companies that, that I've worked with through the class yeah. um, already had 5S in place. Um, a lot of this was manufacturing facilities. Already sure. had this in place, and the new people that I was going through the class with were showing some of the results they've had in the past. Sure. And it was, it was really neat to see the snowball effect. Once a couple of areas get 5S and people see the value in it, they really want to do it more. Your, your team starts to push you. When can we go ahead and 5S this? When can we make this process better? So here's, here's the devil's advocate question. The amount of time that it's going to take you to do this and get this set up and implemented, is it really going to pay off in the long run? Why don't I just continue to do what I'm doing? Because this seems like a lot of work to get this thing shifted around. Because in your busy times, in your hectic times, they're less busy and less hectic, and you can take care of your customers in a better way mm. because you've done this process. And, and I would imagine, too, trimming off small amounts of time in a lot of different areas starts over time. Starts to add up really fast. Yeah. Starts to add up really fast. Um, if, if you look at it from a manufacturing standpoint, obviously the goal is to make X amount of whatever it is you're making. Mm -hmm. And this is a guaranteed way to be able to make more of whatever it is you're making. We're not in manufacturing. We're in, in a completely different business. Mm -hmm. So ours is more about being able to efficiently take care of our customer. Sure. And we can do that. We can, we can more efficiently service our customers if we can get there faster, if we have the right resources faster, if we know where things are easier, then it ultimately serves our customer better. It's, it's less stressful. Yeah. It's, it's less headaches. It makes your day better. And when you start to see that your day was better and it was because you took the time to make these processes better, it gets you excited to do this more and more. Absolutely. And, you know, I'm always excited to see just momentum and improvement in an organization. And that's really a lot of this comes down to it. We're applying this in other areas currently as well. So, you know, we'll see that over time. But we've seen this work in small pockets. So it, it breeds excitement. And when people get behind it because they see that it works, and we've, we say this a lot around here, if all 40 of us can be in the same direction and, and being get behind something, then we get a lot more momentum than just one person being excited about it. Absolutely. And, and that comes from, from you know, the, the driver of the ship just being somewhere on the ship instead of being at the nose pulling everybody else along yeah. because the whole ship's already rowing in the same direction. Absolutely. Well, Thomas, thank you for being here today, sharing this information. Hopefully uh, those that are watching and listening will get value out of it and figure out a way to apply it in their organization. Uh, I know you always make yourself available. If anybody has any questions, they can reach out to you. You're uh, with your, your on, by email, I guess, would probably be the easiest. And if you would, if you wanted to give them any pointers on how you've been able to apply this. Absolutely. Would love to. Cool. Well, Thomas, thank you again for joining us today. It's always a blast and so glad we were able to do rapid fire today with you. Just a game changer. I don't agree with your age thing, but we'll discuss that later. For those of you that are listening or watching the podcast for the first time today, we ask you to subscribe because we have a brand new episode every Tuesday at 9 a.m. and we don't want you to miss a single one of them. You can subscribe on our YouTube channel by clicking the link below and making sure that you're subscribed. If you are listening to the audio version, well, make sure that you go to whatever your favorite podcast platform is and subscribe. 
It's a brand new episode every Tuesday at 9 a.m. You can find out more by visiting lockdoc.net slash podcast. We'll see you next time. 